Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I just want you to hold one spot. It's in Mark chapter four. If you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it. The verses will be on the screen, but I do wanna encourage you from a learning perspective to go ahead and click the download notes button uh, for a couple of reasons. You learn better when you write things down after you hear it. And then secondly, I wanna encourage uh, every man nation who's a part of this global live stream to go back out and to get a group of guys together and, and to teach it yourself, whether that's back in your church or back in your men's group. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, we have started a new series called Behind the Door. And in part one, the whole picture and theme of what's behind the door is this, that there is an experience in God that he wants for us. And many of us are experiencing some of God, but not all that he has for us. And that, that, that space of all that he has for us is called the kingdom of God. He's a good father. He wants us to experience the abundant life and this superhumanity and this super adventure that exists right alongside of the natural, material, and visible, and it's called the kingdom of God. So in session one, what we did is we just kind of raised our awareness through looking into God's word and letting God's word speak to us about this reality to which we actually belong. Uh, but after becoming aware of this reality that exists right alongside the natural, the material, and the visible, now what? How do we navigate within this realm called the kingdom of God? Well, in part two, we're going to talk about how we do that right? And it involves two simple things. It involves choosing relationship with Jesus and being with Jesus to learn from Jesus, listen, the rhythms, the forces, the ways, the dynamics of the kingdom of God coming in us, coming through us, and the kingdom of God surrounding us. He is our model. He's our mentor. He's our teacher. He's our trainer in the ways, rhythms, forces, dynamics of the kingdom of God. All right. So here's where we're going. We're going to do just a tiny bit of review in the sense that we want to define the kingdom of God again. We want to, we want to share our key verse and then look at what does that mean? Uh, and how do we access the kingdom of God? Because the goal is, is to get behind the doors that God presents to us where the kingdom is in play. We don't want to blow by them. So we have to develop a kingdom lifestyle that has that awareness and has that insight. So in part two, we're moving from just the awareness of the reality and maybe some lies that limit us from receiving that reality, some truths that get us into it. We're gonna move from awareness to insight, okay? So let's review the definition of the kingdom of God. It's right there at the top of the notes, and the kingdom of God is this. It's a supernatural realm and reality where God's purposes, God's presence, and God's power are present, operating, and alongside the natural, material, and visible, listen, everywhere I am. So just for review, 
above you, below you, beneath you, beside you, in front of you, behind you, is this supernatural world and realm that has a king, it's a kingdom, it's a realm in which he operates, where his power is present, his person is present, his plans are advancing, and we can engage and experience it, but if we're not aware of it, we're going to blow by these doors, these these kingdom doors and opportunities to get in to the super adventure called the kingdom of God. And Jesus talks about this in the Gospels. Uh, we pick the, the passage from Matthew 16. He says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we unpacked that last time in a certain way, but we're gonna unpack it again and move from kind of awareness of, okay, the kingdom of God's a real thing. There's this super adventure and it's it's amazing, it's there. I belong to it, God wants me to engage it, to, okay, how do I have to arrange my life in view of that reality? Four things. Number one, I must daily recognize and accept my set of keys. Emphasis on my set. And it's important that when you think about the kingdom of God, that you have an assignment in the kingdom of God, and that involves geography, context, spaces, and places, listen, that you uniquely occupy. So you gotta receive and accept your set of keys. You don't have my keys. I don't have your keys. My doors are not your doors because my life is not your life. The spaces and places that I occupy are different from the spaces and places that you occupy. So number one, I must daily recognize and accept my set of keys for my day for the doors that are gonna be made available to me. Second, I must daily be with Jesus to learn from Jesus, right? now. We're gonna go deeper into this, but what I wanna stress and emphasize in part two is that if you, if you belong to the king and his kingdom and you're called into it, and then you're called to participate in it, you gotta learn about it. There are ways and forces and, and, and the person at the center of the kingdom of God who mentors and models and teaches us and trains us about the kingdom of God, who instructs us about the kingdom of God, who helps us think about, okay, how does this work? It's Jesus. He helps you think as a kingdom man so that you can live as a kingdom man, use your keys, unlock doors, whether what's behind that door is something for you, where the kingdom comes to you and in you, or it's something around you, or it's something that he's calling you to do, or it's in a situation. You learn the rhythm and dynamic and how to feel and sense and discern it from Jesus. So I must daily be with Jesus to learn from Jesus if I'm gonna be a kingdom man. Number three, I must daily discern the doors I'm called to unlock and enter. Okay, that makes sense. Remember, it's your 
context, the spaces you occupy, the places where you are, and we say this a lot here at Everyman, where we work, where we live, where we pray, and where we play, where we go to the gym, right? The places we find ourselves, the everywhere we are, the kingdom is. We said, we, we talked about that in part one. But we have to discern, right? We have to kind of get a sense and feel, okay, that's a door. And God's calling me to take my key of faith and now step through the door. I have access through Jesus into this realm where something's going on and I'm gonna pop through that door, okay? Number four, I must daily and actively engage situations to advance God's will, okay? And those last two kind of go, to, go together. If I discern doors, okay, this is a door. I, I'm, it's me, it's on me. I'm called to go in and through my faith and the promise of God, I'm gonna go ahead and unlock that door because I have kingdom keys. So I'm gonna step, step into this other space where something else is going on that's behind the door of the natural material and visible. That happened to me this morning, okay? I went to the gym, uh, I was there a little bit early, um, I was about to go in to a hit class and uh, there's a person that I know that, that that came out and you know, it was small talk at first. Okay, so there's the natural material. There's a person, we're doing small talk. You know, they asked me how things were going. I asked this person how they're, they're doing. And then they, they shared a little something more. Like there was, there was an issue with marriage and family and, and then the, the request from the person that I was talking to at the gym said, so when you have thoughts, you know, just think about us. And I'm like, we're going outside. I said, come with me. And that's, that's me discerning and actively engaging. Okay, got, and all I did was pray for this person. And um, that was a kingdom moment that I could have blown by. Oh, I could have, she, 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 uh, she could have said, oh yeah, um, just, you know, when you think about us and our family, you know, and you have some thoughts, you know, just send some good thoughts our way. It was like, no, I'm the man of God. I'm in that space. I'm a kingdom man. That's a door. I'm discerning the door I uniquely am called into as a kingdom person. And there's kingdom stuff going on that I don't even know about in that marriage, with the parenting, with the husband, that stuff. And so I just went, let's go outside. And we just stepped right out the front door of the gym, public place, and I just started praying into this situation, okay? So I'm not gonna do that unless I'm daily recognizing and accepting my set of keys to the kingdom, daily being with Jesus to kind of learn from Jesus. Okay, this is the rhythm and ways and forces of how the kingdom is at work all around you. And then being ready to just kind of be in a situation. And, you know, sometimes uh, those situations are, are just small talk. But there was something offered that said, Kenny, I'm at work in this. I want to work in this. I need you to go through that door, get in that space where I'm already at work and there's a need that I want to meet. And I want you to, to bring the two together. My works this person's life, that need in that family. 
I need you to do it. Not someone else. She's not talking to someone else. There's not a there's not another dude in there that's going to do what you're going to do right now. Those opportunities come from again just kind of recognizing and accepting that you have keys, being with Jesus and learning from him, discerning the doors you're called to enter and actively engaging situations to do what? Advance God's will. Isn't that just absolutely mind-blowing? Now, when I left this person, I said, I want an update next time I see you. And in full faith, I was like, God, you called me into that. Now it's on you. I want to hear what you did in that kingdom moment to advance your will and how that's ongoing. And I'm, I'm out. God, God's like, thank you. I'll take it over from here. And I'm big enough and loving enough and capable enough to get into that family through you guys uniting in prayer. And now it's on me and what I can do. So I did what only I can do as a kingdom man in a kingdom moment. And now God's going to do what only he can do. Okay. Now, this process that we just wrote down, one, two, three, four, about the daily things of just the rhythm of being a kingdom man who operates in the kingdom of God, this process Jesus spoke of, all right? And he said this in Matthew 4, 19. He said, I will make you fishers of men. I want you to circle make you. I underlined it in the downloaded notes for a reason, is that this is a process of recognition, acceptance, choosing relationship with Jesus, choosing to learn from Jesus, choosing to practice discerning which doors I'm uniquely called into and recognizing God at work and then actively engaging. And day by day, you know, developing that intuition of a kingdom person where I'm in the world, but now I'm not operating of the world. You follow me? Might have seen a bumper sticker. In the world, not of it. Hey, that's, that, that's a nice thought. But that comes from disciplined choosing of relationship with Jesus, learning from Jesus, taking steps of faith, discerning. And that's what God wants for us. So let's, let's summarize with this. Jesus wants actions for him using wisdom from him. Remember, our trainer, coach, mentor, instructor is Jesus. In fact, he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, the student, that's us, is not above the teacher, but everyone. Who? Everyone. Who is fully trained, that's the process we're in, we're being trained by Jesus, will be like their teacher. So when you read the Gospels and you see Jesus enter all sorts of environments with all sorts of people, with sinners, with saints, with prostitutes, with, um, with religious people, with foreigners, with different ethnic groups, different political... He is advancing the kingdom. His focus is not on movements of men, whether those are political or religious or have agendas. Jesus never got high. His focus is the kingdom and advancing that agenda in the context of the culture, places, spaces, 
relationships that he finds himself in that are both organized, like in synagogue, or organic, seemingly bumping into people, but discerning, having conversations, stepping into to advance the kingdom. Now, that is who Jesus is. If Jesus is in us, right, then on an increasing basis, this is us. Why? Because we have a student-teacher relationship. That's what discipleship is, by the way. It's being with Jesus to become like Jesus. Everyone, after they are fully trained, will be like their teacher. And that process that Jesus describes right there, the full training, it's not an event, it's an ongoing daily dynamic. So these are just tools that are just basic foundational things. So we're moving from awareness now to now, okay, we're aware, now we're doing some daily disciplines to, to maintain that awareness and to create a context for being trained by Jesus and how to operate, get behind the door and participate in the kingdom of God. Now, what we need to talk about is, is sort of the, the insight, the learning process if we are spending time with Jesus, how's that gonna work? How does he like to get some, some understanding in us? You see, Jesus is our trainer teacher in kingdom ways and forces. He's giving us keys and each day has a new set of keys. Like that's, it's not like one set of keys, one context, one person, no, because we don't live a one dimensional life. And so when Jesus keeps giving us keys, right? One of the keys that he gives us is understanding. When his first followers were with him, right? To learn the kingdom from him, he would instruct, he would teach. And one of the favorite ways Jesus liked to instruct about kingdom ways and forces so that his first listeners and every listener that would follow those first listeners could understand real easily was the use of parables. And these are, for lack of a better definition, stories with a major point, not just a universal point or one that's a nice one to consider or digest, but they're stories with a point about how the kingdom works. The secrets of the kingdom were unlocked and unleashed in these stories. And as we'll find out, because we're going to pick one of the most famous ones out of the 46 that he taught his first followers to unpack the secrets and the forces and the ways of the kingdom, um, they were for application. Okay. So Jesus didn't you know, have, people weren't taking notes back then. They didn't have tablets. Uh, they weren't, you know, in their notes app, okay? They weren't, they didn't have a pen. They weren't writing things down like, like we're doing right now. So it was the power of these, these stories and the pictures that they painted that kind of bypassed, you know, maybe some of the intellectual mental barriers and just resonated and went right there because they could understand it, okay? So we read in Mark chapter four, verses two and three, this. He taught them many things about the kingdom by parables, 
okay, in his teaching, uh, and in his teaching said, listen, and here was, here's the start of where we're headed with this practice parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Now, that word parable, okay, means, you know, uh, alongside uh, truth. So it's balo plus para, uh, balo, truth, truth alongside para. So it's a story that has truth pregnant in it, alongside in it, and it's meant to make a point. But there's three dynamics that parables have that I just want to talk about briefly, and, and they are these. Parables, number one, uh, give us insight to understand the kingdom, okay? Becoming aware of the kingdom is one thing. Uh, stepping into it through faith in Jesus is the next thing, all right? But having an accurate, deep, and intuitive understanding of the kingdom is a process. And parables give us that, that insight, right? That accurate, deep, and intuitive understanding. Okay, this is how this works, okay? Number two, parables give us eyesight to apply the kingdom. So it's one thing to have an accurate, deep, and intuitive understanding, but then we also need that that eyesight to know, okay, this is where this applies. This applies to me, this applies to relationships, this applies to the situation, this applies uh, to God. And having that situational awareness and action, right? So parables provide insight to understand, eyesight to apply the kingdom of God, and then parables third, uh, provide foresight to make choices that keep me in the kingdom of God. So through the experience of applying uh, what, we, what we know and what we learn, getting that insight, and then, and then having the eyesight to apply in that situation and take some action, that develops what, what I would call a foresight which parables provide, and that is that, wow, we know these principles, we have insight and understanding, we're applying them, and then what does that do? Through the experience of eyesight and insight, we have the ability to see. Okay, this is where this one's headed. Why? Because we understand how the kingdom is operating, we, we understand how it applies in this situation or to this person or to myself or to this relationship, and you begin to develop foresight where you're like, okay, I know where that movie goes because I've been in the kingdom. I've gotten the insight. I've had the eyesight. I've applied it, taken action in situations. And then what you have is this accrual or this compounding of experiences. And that's what parables do. Parables give you kind of like, okay, this is the wisdom. This is the insight. You apply the point of the parable and then you start growing this foresight, this ability to see and discern what's coming. Why? So that you can make advanced decisions that keep you behind the door, right? Keep you in the kingdom while you're of the world. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's look at kind of a practice parable. We're going to unpack it, but I want to I want to make sure that you know that um, when you read the Gospels, and we should be reading the Gospels on a daily basis, 
And the main reason we read the Gospels is so that we can see Jesus and we can, we can see him model for us what it's like, life in the kingdom is like, and mentor us and teach us and instruct us. Uh, but we're going to look at the parable of the soils, okay, or the parable of the, the sower, um, and we're going to unpack it. So we're going to read a passage of scripture. That's why I asked you to turn and hold a spot in Mark chapter 4, verses 13 to 20. Okay, let's read through the passage, then we'll unpack it. Right? Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? And now he begins to unpack it. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. So remember, a parable is a story with a point. And the characters in the parables usually involve the person of God and types of people. And Jesus is teaching through illustration. So the farmer who's sowing the seed is Jesus. The seed is the words of Jesus. So Jesus the farmer sowing the seeds, right, which are his words. He's sowing words, and he's sowing words, and, and the seed is landing, okay, in different soils, okay? And those are different types of people. So that might be water under the bridge for you. Uh, that might be a revelation to you as you're just kind of hearing the parable of the sower for the first time. So again, this is insight into others. This is insight into yourself. This is insight into dynamics of what's going on in this supernatural reality where Jesus is speaking, the gospel is going out, and there are these different landing zones of God's word, the gospel, and different types of people. And just side note, we can be all these types of people, and we're going to unpack that. All right, so let's look at the first place where the word lands. And again, think about it in terms of choosing a relationship with Jesus, learning from Jesus, and being in a world where the farmer is sowing seed, God's word is going out. Okay, the first place where the seed lands is the path. Write that down. All right, the path. And let's look at what Jesus said. Some people, okay, so he's unpacking the parable. Some people, 
are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them, okay? Now, a person who's like seed sown along a path, the picture is the hard nature of a path. Like when you think of a path, it's because people are walking on it. I mean, like you go for a hike, you go on a path, is the path soft or hard because of all those people walking it? No, the, the ground is compressed. The soil is compressed, okay? So, and that's why we walk on it is because it's, it's, it's hard, right? Paths are hard, just remember that. And Jesus says where the word is sown, okay? And so the word, the gospel, that's, that's going out. It's going to all kinds of people, Christians, non-Christians, right? Believers, unbelievers, it's going out, but their heart and their receptivity level is weak or non-existent, right? There's no room for God's word in their life. They're hard. You ever met kind of a hard person? Maybe they're, they're hard because of trauma. Maybe they're hard because they had an encounter with believers or church that, where they just got shamed or wounded by well, well-intentioned but goofy Christians, right? And that wounding, that sadness has turned and calcified into hardness and resentment and bitterness, okay? Now, you don't have to be an unbeliever to have hardness in your life. There are some of you watching me right now, and there are certain compartmentalized dimensions of your life where the farmer is sowing seed, where Jesus wants to speak into a certain area of your life, and you're hard, you're callous to his voice and will and way in that area of your life. It's called compartmentalizing, okay? And that comes from somewhere. There's, there's some hardness there. So, you know, again, to get behind the door, to have the kingdom come to us by being with Jesus, choosing relationship, learning from Jesus, who's speaking kingdom words to produce kingdom life in us, that can fall on the path, all right? Now, here's an application. Uh, if, if the path is hard and there's no room for the word of God, then what's the application, okay? Write this down. Meditate continually on his words and stay soft. Okay, so we can, there's a reverse parabolic lesson being taught here, right? So let's be open to his word and let it fall, let's, on a continual basis, let's, let's expose ourselves to the words of Jesus on a, on a regular basis, and let's, in our attitude, be flexible and teachable and moldable and humble. Let's stay soft, okay? Let's look at the second landing zone of the seed or the words from Jesus. And that's the rocky place, write that down. 
So there's the path, the seeds fall out. Then there's the rocky place. And when you think of soil mixed with rocks, large and small, usually it means a thin top layer of soil, okay? So listen to Jesus' words about sowing seeds uh, and that the, on the rocky places and that the rocky places represent types of people and us, okay? Others, he says, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Um, there's a principle here that I really want to pick and pound, and it's this. Starting is easy. Finishing is harder. <laughs> Starting is easy. Finishing is much harder. And men are notorious having ministered for 30 years in the men's zone. I've seen a lot of rocky place people and specifically a lot of rocky place men. They come and they go. They're in and they're out. They're excited and then they disappear. Like seeds sown on rocky places, they hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but they have no root. Okay, here's the issue. In some translations, it says they have no root in themselves, right? You know what their root is? Their root might be, oh, I come from a Christian family, or their root is, you know, their attachment to a dynamic pastor, or their root is, boy, this, this surroundings, this environment's really exciting, and there's a professional network here. But what, are, what they don't possess is a root in themselves. They, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. Um, man, so many faces are coming to mind of men who came into authentic community, but they had no root. And because they had no root, just a thin layer of topsoil, um, they... They got excited, there was a flash of enthusiasm, uh, but then other things came into their lives, persecution, um, it wasn't um, cool to bring, be a Christian or bring God's word into certain contexts of their lives. Uh, maybe they, there was trouble that came into their lives, or maybe persecution for being associated with Christianity indirectly or directly, and what Jesus says happens when his word lands uh, on a person who is symbolically a rocky place is they quickly fall away. Why? Because they have no root. That's why the, Coach Paul the Apostle, when he's instructing believers, he's, he's saying, since then, you know, uh, you, you believed in Christ, continue in him having been rooted and established in the faith. So, you know, when you imagine when when the word comes in, and we're going to see what this means, you know, letting it, letting it go down. You know, trees establish long, deep tap roots before they grow up. The, the rocky place person wants to grow up and tall, but they have no rooting. They have no tap rooting. They have no lateral roots. Uh, they have no sinker roots. And so then when persecution or trouble comes or a situation or a shiny, a shiny 
environment comes, you know, their tree just goes quick. Uh, when there's a little pressure to believe or to stand in God's will. So there's the path, there's the rocky place. The application for the path is, hey, let's meditate continually on his word and stay soft. The application for the rocky place is this. Accept hardship as a vital part of spiritual growth. So, and get rooted, right? Um, have a root in yourself. Have your own relationship with God, your own relationship with um, Jesus. Be with Jesus yourself daily. Hear from Jesus for yourself, not for others uh, daily so that you can preach at them. Hear for yourself and and then get those root get rooted in relationship with Christ and in his word so we can understand the dynamics of the kingdom. And then we have to accept hardship as a vital part of spiritual growth. I don't know about you, but my deepest, darkest days never left me the way they found me spiritually. I'm different because of that. Um, two suicides in my family and God being with me in that and seeing God with me and at work in the midst of suicide. Some of you, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Throws you around, doesn't it? It's like being uh, in a blow up inner tube in a raging Atlantic storm without any help. It just throws you around. There's nothing you can do. And you just gotta, you gotta go with it. There's no training for that. But God's with us. And we reach out to God. And God's people are with us and we reach out to them. Um, but hardship uh, exposes our rooting system. So why is it so important to be with Jesus and learn from Jesus um, so that we can become like Jesus and participate in the kingdom? It's because we're, we're, we're sinking those roots down so that when the wind does blow, we're not like the rocky place, right? Our life stands in the hardship. We might bend, but we come back up. Okay, so there's the path, there's the rocky place, and then there's the thorns, Write that down. Let's listen to Jesus talk about another type of person, which very well could be you today or me today. He says, still others are uh, like seed sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So what we see is the principle of distraction and the principle of dilution okay you see and they're, and they're identified there they hear the word so the farmer jesus is sowing the seed and the word lands it, it 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 has a spot it could go deep and penetrate but then there's oh my gosh what's going to happen with that and then there's oh there, there's that there's this over there there's there's money there's finances there's jobs there's, what's going to happen um, I got to get control of that. I have to take control of that. I have to do something about that. And it's spiritual ADD. And 
Jesus, the farmer and the sower of his word, his words that let us play in this kingdom space that gives us so much excitement and satisfaction and fulfillment, they're just too many distractions, right? We have not put on like a set of glasses that helps us see, okay, these are the vital few things, being with Jesus, listening to Jesus, hearing his word, and then that gives me, um, that gives me everything else, okay? When I do that, all these things are thrown in and I have insight, I have wisdom, I have intuition, I, ha I have eyesight, I have insight, I have foresight, I step through doors, no, that's all gone because of the war of distraction. Now, we, have, we live in an age where I think the digital war of distraction is um, at its peak, I think. I don't know how it could get any worse, um, but you're gonna have to fight. So what is the application for those of us who, we might be believers, but man, the words coming into a thorny patch and all these voices that are competing with the words of the king of the kingdom who wants us to play here, we're getting distracted and diluted. Okay, what's the application for this? Stay out of the, stay out of the thorny profile. Write this down, here's how you apply it. Fight for my focus and finish strong. Fight for my focus and finish strong. Remember, in all of these examples, well, in the last two at least, people start with the word in them, or on them, or around them. Uh, you know, the rocky place, they receive it with joy, and then they quickly fall away. The people with thorns, they hear the word, okay? They might even be in places. They might be in church. They're sitting to your left and right. They're hearing the word, but they're not, they're not listening and letting the word go deep. They hear it um, auditorially, which is the physiological, well, the sound waves hit their ear, they might hear the word preached, they might read and see the word, it, it, it goes in uh, a literal or figurative ear, goes right out the other, because God to them is their circumstances. Worries of this life. Are you your circumstances, by the way? Are your circumstances dominating your mind, dominating your heart, dominating your thoughts? It's limiting you and, and your, your anxiety over that and the voices all trying to... God could be just speaking to you today and going, you know what? You're mine. You're a son of the king. I called you into the kingdom, but my word is now competing with your worries. And worries are drowning the word out and God's calling you back. So path, rocky places, thorns, those are the places where the farmer's seed gets sown, Jesus' words land in people's heart. The last profile is the good soil. Yay! Write that down, the good soil, all right? And just in the parable, you see that this is receptive people, uh, teachable people, that where the word goes in and when where the word is received, listen to me, something happens, okay? Listen for it. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, 
some 100 times. What is sown? And so do you see how the receptive person is synonymous with a hearing person uh, and, and, and accepting the words and applying the words um, and that something happens. So this is who we want to be. And this gets you in the door. This is where the action starts, man. The, the kingdom starts unfolding, some 30, some 60, some 100 times. Small things happen, big things happen, big and small things happen. Big things happen at first, and then small, cool things happen. And it just, the kingdom starts unrolling for who? The person who is receptive to the words of Jesus, which is why we've been saying in part two of Behind the Door, you want to play in the kingdom? Choose relationship with Jesus. Choose to learn from Jesus. Hear his word, apply his word, and that's our, that is our apply in this. We just need to go right from the text. So how do we apply the good soil uh, profile? Hear words from Jesus, apply words from Jesus, and multiply my kingdom harvest. In you, multiply your harvest. Through you, multiply your harvest. Around you, multiply your kingdom harvest. That is right there next to the natural, material, and visible life that you now live. That's what appears to be happening. There's this whole other unfolding drama and super story that God's saying, okay, be with me, choose a relationship, hear me, Learn, learn the secrets of the kingdom. Study all 46 parallels. You'll understand the forces, the ways, the dynamics, how to think, how to operate. And I'm gonna train you how to think about kingdom things. These are the secrets of my kingdom. And we just looked at one parable. Wow. And it's an important one. Choosing relationship with Jesus and learning from Jesus through being with Jesus. And you know, maybe that's the, the meta application of what God is saying to all of his men that are a part of this live stream and podcast. You need to be with Jesus to become like, to become like your model, your teacher, your trainer, um, and to learn how the kingdom works so that you can participate in it. He'll give you the secrets and he'll, he'll tell you stories that he'll unpack for you. 46 different secrets of the kingdom through kingdom parables in the gospel. So, um, you know what? Cue up that Nespresso. Head to Starbucks. Get into the parables and learn the kingdom. Okay? So, with respect to this particular study, Big question. Are you receptive? Are you good soil? Or are you unreceptive? Hard in an area? Thin layer of time? No root in yourself? You're jonesing off other people's relationships with Jesus? Other people hearing from Jesus and being with Jesus versus you being with Jesus and hearing directly from Jesus? Being in environments that are exciting, that are full of cool people, but Jesus gets lost in the mix of you misplacing your energy 
Are, are you caught up in the anxieties and worries and cares and forces of culture that choke out the kingdom of God because you're playing in the kingdoms of men? Little kingdoms, okay, little kingdoms, you know? And it, it, it's not that, that where your interests are, are wrong, but when you study Jesus's life, he didn't get hijacked by earthly kingdoms and movements of men because he was focused on the kingdom of God, which is his primary purpose and advancing the kingdom of God in his context. So wherever you are, wherever you're working today, whether you're in Washington, D.C., whether you are on a professional football team, whether you have visibility, or whether you are a like the rest of us, we're just doing life, putting on our pants, going to work, work, family, neighborhoods, contacts. The message is this, stay receptive. Don't miss the kingdom. Experience the kingdom by staying receptive. Look at what Jesus says in Luke 10. He says, all things, okay, <laughs> can we press the pause button on those first two words? <laughs> All things, all circumstances, all forces of history, earth hanging three spots from the sun, your life, the details of your life, all things. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and, underline, those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's me and you. The Father's been revealed, God's been revealed through the Son to us. And then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear but did not hear it. You see, guys, that's why we stay receptive. It is a privilege. It is a sacred honor. It is humbling to be blessed with relationship with Jesus, who is the door into the kingdom to become aware of it, and then to have him give us the understandings of it through his word and words. And they come direct, they come in parables, and the parables reveal the secrets of the kingdom. And you and I, we need to unpack those, and we need to learn what those means, because the more we unpack these secrets of the kingdom in the parables and in the gospels, we just did one today, we'll learn that deep insight accurate understanding, intuitive side. We'll have insight. We'll have eyesight. We'll know when to apply kingdom principles and move. And then we'll develop through insight and eyesight and application foresight. You will have a growing level of discernment. Well, you'll be able to kind of, your, your kingdom senses will turn on and you'll be able to make decisions presently because you know how this goes down in 
the kingdom of God to which you actually belong. Um, when Jesus would tell parables, he would say, he would kind of cap it off like this. Look at John 13, 17. Let's read it together wherever you are. Mouth it if you're in a public place. Say it out loud if you're free to do that wherever you are, in a group or wherever. John 13, 17. Ready? Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Amen? All right, let's pray. Jesus, you unequivocally are letting us into the reality of the kingdom of God. You're also letting us into the reality of how special it is to belong to you, the king of the kingdom, and to belong to the realm of the kingdom, to be able to participate and see you at work, not somewhere else, but in our lives today, right now, where we are in the relationships and people you're colliding us with and bumping into. And Jesus, help us to not just be aware of the reality, but to have that insight into the kingdom, that eyesight to apply, that foresight, that growing experiential understanding that helps us see many men in this world. Powerful people want to see what you have made available for us to see. Many men, many prophets, many people, they want to hear what we get to hear directly from you, but they, they don't hear it because we're in. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for being the door into an eternal kingdom that is operating now. We're going to be a part of it forever, but you want us to participate in it now. Thank you for our keys today to the kingdom. Thank you that we can shift the environments that we're in by hearing, applying, and multiplying your word in us, through us, and around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's men said, amen. Share this session uh, with your friends. Invite them to watch one and two, and then ask them to invite, then ask them to join you for session three. We'll see you next time.